Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and today I am not 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. We are absolutely live right here. There are thousands of people here at CPAC. They're wearing masks, but you would not know that this is um, the time of the pandemic, the time of the coronavirus, because... There's so many people and they're having an excellent time. So we're live. CPAC, I'm watching the people pass by. We're on broadcast roll. We're right next to America's Voice TV. They have an excellent setup here. We're right next to the Ben Ferguson show, our buddy Ben Ferguson. And it's day two of CPAC. CPAC started yesterday, kicking it off with lots of uh, events, lots of uh, Festivities. One of the things that they did yesterday was the Fox Nation party that they had last night right here in the Grand Ballroom. They kicked it off today with a prayer service this morning. Right in front of me, we've got the television show The Circus from Showtime with their cast running around. There's cameras and television uh uh, mics, big boom mics all over the place. I saw Congressman Matt Gates here a little while ago. Later in the program today, we're going to have Gordon Chang. Gordon Chang is going to be with us. And it really is, it's great to see that the theme of this conference is actually happening. America uncancelled. And it's really, it's terrific to see this. Everybody has masks on. Some people are wearing gloves. They have hand sanitizer. We're keeping our social distance. Everybody's six feet away. But the show does go on. CPAC does continue. Now, it, it really is a good time. A lot of people say conservatives don't know how to have fun. But I got to tell you, they definitely do. I went out yesterday for dinner. First of all, I see my kids. My kids are here with me. My daughter, Jada. My daughter, Jalissa. They're, they're uh, 14, excuse me, 15 and 19. And they said, oh, my God, Dad, we met so many nice people here at CPAC. And we made all these new friends. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And they said, they're so friendly. It's such a good vibe. It's a really nice place to be. And I found it fascinating that they said that because, you know, they're teenagers. And oftentimes teenagers get bored. This is a political action conference. (laughs) You know, you would think that teenagers wouldn't have a good time. But they really they did it last year at the Gaylord. And this year they're doing it here. And what I find remarkable is I said, you know, let's go for dinner. So we were taking a walk to go find a place for dinner, a little bit late dinner. It was probably around nine o'clock. And we bumped into our neighbors in our uh, in the suite next to us. And they said, oh, we're going to eat, too. So we're walking in the same direction. And we end up at a Greek place. I think it was called Opa Taverna. And big shout out to them. The excellent staff there. Christina was our server. She did a great job. I walked in. I said, we went to three places, first of all. And the first place we walked in, oh, they closed at 9 o'clock. They closed. It, nobody had time for us. But I did get to one place. And when we get there, I was like, can we place an order? Can we eat in or even outside? And they said, you got two minutes to make the order before they close the kitchen. This woman flies. She puts two tables 
tables together. It was absolutely great service. Now, the reason this is interesting, I'm setting it up here, is because we, as we're eating, or we're ordering what we're about to eat, we'll look over to the dining area and the patrons are now dancing on top of the tables. And I'm like, wow, these Republicans know how to turn up. These conservatives are getting down. And I think to myself, what's going on? Then they're throwing paper, napkins, napkins everywhere, just napkins all over the place. Uh, I'm going to stop. Senator Ted Cruz is coming in. He's back from Cancun. He's got a million people around him. Senator Ted Cruz. Tell everybody in Cancun I said hi, Senator. And he just walked by. That's great. That's one of the great things he got here in CPAC. There's literally about 50 people around him. He's got 14 bodyguards and about 100 cameramen following Senator Ted Cruz around. But one of those things that I think is interesting is, uh, you know, Ted Cruz took some heat. I'm going to get back to the to the OPA story because that was a good story. But literally, there was 100 people that just passed me and I wanted to bring you up to speed. That's the beauty of being live from CPAC. And one of these high-profile conservatives that, you know, is uh, taking the stage is, is Ted Cruz today. And he's going to talk about a few things, including, um, you know, his controversial Cancun trip. Plus, we got Governor Ron DeSantis, who is uh, uncanceled America, right? America is uncanceled because of Ron DeSantis. So as, as that happens, I'll be dipping into whatever it is I'm talking about and bringing you the live updates. I'm right in front of the main stage in the Regency Ballroom here on Broadcast Row at CPAC. But what I wanted to say was we're looking at the folks that are eating next to us at the restaurant last night, and they're dancing on the tables. And I'm thinking, wow, they're a really rowdy bunch. And then I've come to find out they're throwing napkins in the air. And this is the tradition at this restaurant. The waitresses actually encourage this. It's like if you've been to this Greek uh, establishment, Opa Taverna, that this is how they want you to have a memorable time at their place. So what they do is uh, once you're done eating, they, they clear the table. And the next thing you know, the waitress grabs you by the hand. She brings you to a chair. You step on the chair. Then you're on the table. So my kids were like, oh, can we do that? I was like, absolutely not. You are not dancing on top of any tables. And they encouraged it so much before you knew it. Both my kids were up there. They were having a good time. It was all in good fun. It was very innocent. And uh, I even participated a little bit. And I have a video. And I'll put that on my Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Facebook, all of that, at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S. So make sure you check us out on social media. Because I want you to tune in and keep in touch with what's going on. I'm trying to post as many pictures as I can to our social media so you can keep up to speed. A little bit of what we got going on today. We've got Gordon Chang, China expert Gordon Chang. Uh, You guys all know him. He's the author of several books on China and North Korea. He's an expert on Asia. He is one of the board members here at the uh, American Conservative Union that runs CPAC, and he's going to be with us in a little bit. But one of the other folks that we have today, and Chang has, I'm going to let him talk about his panel and his presentation a little bit later. Today, you've got Mike Lee, Mike Lee from Utah, James Langford, and of course, Ted Cruz, who just passed by. And <laughs> I did shout to him. I don't know if he heard me, but he uh, he is the man of the hour. I mean, by far, other than, than um, last year with President Trump, uh, Ted Cruz definitely had the, the biggest entourage coming in here. It was a big deal passing by. It's good to see that people still uh, love what conservatives have to say. Now, what Cruz is going to be talking about today, I'm not sure. Obviously, Cancun is going to be part of it. But the overall theme here at CPAC is America uncancelled. And to me, that's such a big thing because you're re- we're living that right here. I mean, people are not afraid to be around one another. The pool is open. People are at the pool. People are being responsible. They're socially distancing. This is not new. This is not like they're opening up 
Florida just for CPAC. Florida is open for business, America. America's open for business here in Florida. CPAC decided to come to Florida because D.C. was locked down and shut down. And let me tell you, I think big kudos to Matt Schlapp. This is, and, and of course, his wife Mercedes and the rest of the ACU team. This is one of the best decisions they've made. Uh, my kids are saying we had fun last year. And again, teenagers. Uh, but now they're having fun this year as well. So I think that's absolutely terrific that we're here. And it's really about the uncanceled culture. Cancel culture has become such a big thing. Now, of course, our friends on the left, they always want to push back and they want to say things that, you know, well, listen, it's not cancel culture just because somebody disagrees with you and, and they don't want to buy your product. That's not what anybody's saying. You want to boycott something, you can. Boycotting and cancel culture are not the same. If you don't like a product and you want to lead people to not buy a product, that's fine. We're talking about actually canceling your existence, eliminating your social media, making sure that your boss is aware of what's happening and hopefully they fire you. They try to get you out. If, if college kids are involved, they write to the chancellors of their colleges and tell them, this person was involved with some Trump activity. You need to kick them out of your school. And it's happening. We've heard of students getting kicked out of school. And, and this is, to me, the epitome of what's wrong. You know, I, I was telling my kids the other day, and I, it came out of my mouth. I was like, listen, don't say that too loud because, you know, and they were like, what happened to being in America? And I was like, you know what? You're right. We are in America, and we should be able to have this type of free speech. But it's crazy. We're in this time of life right now where everybody's out to censor you. And, it, it, yes, we have to be judicious and, and responsible with our speech. But that doesn't mean that we should not have speech nonetheless. So I, I want to ask you, the audience... What are your thoughts on this? I want to know from from you, from your perspective, this cancel culture is, is one of those things that is very important. And there's so many people that are here that I think understand and participate with cancel culture, have been through it, they've been through the ringer, they've been through all of that stuff. And it's important. So I am Rich Valdez, live from CPAC in Orlando, Florida. Keep it locked right there. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. I love meeting the people that are here. Last night, somebody introduces me to this young lady, and they say, you know what? Uh, Tracy Beans, Beans with a Z. You know me. I'm Valdez with an S. She's Beans with a Z. <laughs> and Tracy Beans is a Long Islander. Yes. And I thought, man, that's excellent. So I want to welcome you to the program. Tracy Beans, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I also like sofrito. Yeah. Hell yeah. Her <laughs> legs, Joe Biden. <laughs> anyway, that's my Joe Biden impression. I just shouted. <laughs> that's her legs. Job. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're here. We're talking about all things politics. It's, it's CPAC, America Uncanceled. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why you're here, what you want to promote while you're here, all of that fun stuff. And I want to get a sense from you. Obviously, um, people that follow you, you have a good following. You were canceled by Twitter. Is that right? Indeed. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So right after the sixth, all of a sudden in the wave of cancellations um, that happened, I was one of the people struck up in there. I'd never had a problem on Twitter before ever. So it was interesting to me that they said I was, um, it was platform manipulation and spam hmm. that they canceled me for. Which now, and just to, to give some perspective, you're not just a conservative um, icon. It's you're, you are a podcaster, a journalist, blogger at UndercoverDC.com, UndercoverDC uncover. I, she's shaking her head. She literally told me it's not undercover. It's uncover. Somebody call security. <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's doing. All right. Uncover DC, uncover DC.com. Yes. And as the publisher there, um, 
this is how you use your social media to reach your audience with the truth, the research that you're doing, and, and what, what you're talking about. And you're saying that Twitter is saying that that is platform manipulation. That's exactly right. I was I was very um, in covering election integrity in depth for several months before before January 6th. Um, and right after the election, up through, I was I was you know heavily involved with all of that reporting, talking to tons of whistleblowers across the country, and I also covered a lot. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on the Spygate scandal. So you know, I'd interview you know I've interviewed Lee Smith and Devin Nunes and Amanda Milius and you know all the people that worked on that movie, and sure. it's it's been a lot of hard work. Um, and so yeah, when you're sharing information on a platform like that, and they decide to turn around and, and just remove you overnight when you've got almost you know you've got 600,000 followers it's a little bit rough but again I didn't put all my eggs in that basket and I kind of look at it as a positive because anybody who's on Twitter for activism or as a conservative knows they put you in a bucket and then they can massage your reach and they can massage you know who sees your posts they can't do that anymore because now you're on Parler and Gab and Cloud Hub and all these other platforms and they don't have control over them so they kind of shot themselves in the foot they're the real platform manipulators in my opinion they can censor whatever they want yep. they can limit your reach and you have no, no idea that it's even happening until somebody tells you where'd you go correct yeah you can you know I'd tweet a story and it'd initially take off and then it, it tapers off and some days you're in a box and then as soon as you'd say something they'd like let you out of the box so like I started tinkering with what words to use to get the, the algorithm to switch off and it, it's just it's all it's all it happens but you live with it and you also find yourself self-censoring quite a bit because you don't want to say anything fit into their box exactly and so given that that's the case it's almost a blessing that now I can speak freely. And, and, you know, I'm not talking about controversial things. They're, you know, nothing that you'd consider controversial, like, you know, aliens or any of that conspiracy stuff. I'm talking about actual events that are going on today in our world. And just speaking of events that are going on uh, in this world, we're at CPAC 2020. My guest is Tracy Beans, Beans with a Z, and she's the publisher of UndercoverDC.com. Say it again. That, yeah, uh, uncover, <laughs> somebody call security on this guy. Uh, UndercoverDC.com. Uncover, like uncovering the truth. And uh, that hollering that you hear in the back is Tracy Beans fan club. They're just hollering over there, so just deal with that. It's too nice. Go ahead. You're too nice. Thank you. You're great. I try. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, so Long Islander turned into journalist, and here we are. So that's basically it. But yeah, I was banned off Twitter so and Facebook. So now let's talk about some of the major headlines you're dealing with right now, what what you're getting into. You said Spygate. That's, you know, last year. We already know they ripped them off. Then new they ripped them off again. New information coming out, though. Well, let's talk about the new information. I like <laughs> it. People who keep their ears to the ground, you're hearing it here first. Let's hear it. They, they released some documents yesterday and some court documents. And um, in the Manafort trial, they released some transcripts that you usually can't get. You've got to wait about 60 to 90 days, then the transcripts are available. So it turns out inside those transcripts, the government admits that one of the people key to the Manafort case in the Trump scandal was actually an FBI informant working with the FBI as an undercover asset. And they had kept that quiet for years. Now, we knew it because we'd done the digging and research, but the general public did not. And as soon as they released that, they put out, the FBI put out a $250,000 reward for any information leading to the capture of Constantine Kilimanic. But he is an asset of the FBI. So it's like they're they're bountying. They're looking for their own guy. They're offering less money for the people that place the pipe bombs outside of the RNC and the DNC. Wow. 
So, wh- explain that more. Help us. I mean, it's it's clear as day to me, but for everybody listening, this is you're talking about uh, a federal case. People that were trying to harm people, giving a pass to one and not the other. It's just it's insane the way things are handled. And being that you spent so much time on this, just walk us through how it happens, how they do it, and why. There were a number of people involved in setting up the Trump campaign, which we now know is is the case. You know that the FISA court has come out and said it. It's it's just what happened. So there are several people that were involved with key figures on the Trump campaign who were also working for the U.S. government at the same time. Stefan Halper is one of them. He was the guy who recorded George Papadopoulos and Carter Page without them knowing. Um, also was involved a lot with General Flynn. And now Konstantin Kilmanik is another one um, who worked for the government but was sent to talk to Paul Manafort during all of the campaign and when he was working with the, the Trump campaign. And basically was looking to gather information or to push information, one of the two, and entrap somebody on the campaign. And now they pulled him out in his court case. And because when you're convicted of something or you're accused of of a crime, the government is forced to produce exculpatory evidence that would allow you to be, you know, anything that's good for you, they have to show you. It's called exculpatory evidence. Because it will exculpate you. Exactly. And so because of that, they were forced to tell the Manafort camp that this gentleman was actually an FBI asset. And they did that. And now, since it's released, the FBI has come out with a wanted poster for the guy. Like, it's... Might as well. I mean, there's really nothing much to explain about that. It seems pretty straightforward. <laughs> but it's, it really goes to showing how shady they are, how sloppy they are, yeah. how, how unloyal they are. And, and this is the way that they play games in our government today. And I think this is this is part of the issue. It, it is. And it's, it's, it's easy to forget this stuff, right? It's, 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 you know, still, it's overall, that was four years ago. But this is where it all began. The stuff that they just did is where it all began. And now it's just getting worse and worse. So election integrity, the Spygate story, um, those are the things, and COVID, of, of course. So COVID, we, we love COVID. Well, let's wrap it up with, uh, I guess, your, your final word, your final thought, and uh, give them your social media handle and let, let everybody know where they can find the work that you're doing. It's really nice to talk to you and to talk to New York, my hometown, my Long Island uh, family ooh, ooh, out Long there. Island building. Love it, love it. Um, you guys can find me on... Uh, Gab on Clout Hub on... Are you on uh, Parlor? I am on Parlor, I yes. love Parlor. I'm a big Parlorer. Let's good parlay away. That's we are going to parlay say. away. Parlay away. I'm at Rich Valdez with an S. You are at... Tracy Beans with a Z. There and you have And thanks it. for having me on today. You bet. Keep it locked right there in New York. I'm Rich Valdez live from Broadcast Row here at CPAC 2021 America Uncancelled. We'll be right back. This is America. Conservative Political Action Conference, normally at the Gaylord Resort in Maryland, just outside of D.C., but today we're in sunny Orlando, Florida, sunny Orlando, Florida, at the Hyatt Regency. This place is really nice. It's a great place, and the best part, you go outside, there's a pool, there's palm trees. It's terrific. It's like America's been uncanceled. I love that. We're fighting back socialism. We're fighting back communism. All of the 
the um, recklessness that comes from Marxist um, ideology that creeps into so many American institutions, not here on talk radio, not on this show ever. Now, we talked with Gordon Chang. We talked with a lot of people. We heard so much about what's going on. But somebody I want to talk to right now is the founder of Young Americans Against Socialism. Morgan Zeggers, to me, very inspirational in my opinion, because when I was 24, I was a small business guy. I was a mover and shaker for sure. But I wasn't really up to speed with politics. I mean, I was involved at 24. I sure was. Uh, I think I was working on... uh my own political campaign for state assembly at the time, but I wasn't launching a national uh, program. I wasn't doing things, uh, speaking at conferences and that involved. I was keeping politics local. Morgan Zeggers has taken it nationwide. She's from New York. She's out in Texas. She's all over the place. I give her a lot of credit because she's 24 years old and she's been at it for a while. I'm going to let her tell her story. Welcome to the show, Morgan Zeggers. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, tell everybody that's listening, everybody in the five boroughs in New York City on Talk Radio. 77 WABC, everybody out on Long Island on Talk Radio 107.1 FM, and of course, everybody that's listening to the podcast, a quick plug for me, this is America with Rich Valdez, usually in the top 200 of the Apple political chart, so uh, kudos to me, woo-woo, and you're a part of that now. Tell me and tell all of us, what uh, what got you into doing this in the first place? Why does a, a, a young lady say, you know what, I'm going to start fighting communism? Well, I grew up in a very patriotic household, not a very political path. Uh, household. My parents never pushed politics onto me, but I came to my values rooted in conservatism and classical liberalism because I had that respect for history and I understood comparative history. And so we aren't perfect in America, but we certainly uh, should be very thankful for what we have. And I was working in Boston in advertising. I did national media commercials. I scheduled those, and so I was the assistant media buyer. And I worked so hard. So you, you clock in at 9, and then it's, it's 7 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock at night, and you're still in the office. You're constantly working. And I was working so hard and seeing great results, but in the end, all I was doing was driving millions of people to watch a commercial about fast food. And at the same time as I'm working at this 9 to 5, I'm seeing AOC gain power. She joins Congress the same year. Uh, I see polls that are coming out showing 70% of my generation would vote for a socialist. More than half of my generation would choose socialism over capitalism. Some really troubling numbers. And I said, you know what? I've got to get involved. I've got to take this risk and transition into politics. And so I founded a 501c3, a nonprofit called Young Americans Against Socialism. And we are all about interviewing survivors of socialism to create educational videos, telling their stories, painting a very vivid picture of what it's like to live under an authoritarian regime. And then now we're transitioning into a long-term phase where we're not just doing these random first-hand testimony videos. We are doing full-on educational videos on history, policy, economics, finance, all the stuff that's missing in the current education system. You know, I love it. I really do. I'm a huge fan. I really am. And I encourage you to go to her website and stick your hand deep into your pocket and give her a donation because that's the only way they get any of this work. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.
done. And let me tell you, she's bringing the fight to the commies. And not only that, she reaches a young crowd. Right? My own children, they're here. I'm staring at them right now. They're 15 and 19 years old. Say hi. Hi. There you go. And, you know, what, what I find interesting about this is... I think they can agree with you, Morgan, that they grew up in a household that's patriotic where, you know, we stand for the flag. We, we love America. And while I may be hyper-political, I don't know that they're hyper-political. I've never told them they had to be a certain way. I just told them the way that I was. And they make their judgments on their own. And, and that's kind of how I've always left it. Uh, but, you know, I know that they both, they follow your work and they see what you're doing on social media. And to me, that's a very big part of what's happening because I'm from a different era. I'm not really old, but I'm not huge on social media. It's not my go-to. I talk on talk radio and we've got reach. So I, there's different generations and different modalities for different generations. And I think you're reaching a different generation that lives on their phones. And it, it, to me, it's, it's remarkable. So while I'm sitting here talking over the air, they're both glued to their phones. And if you're not doing your work of saying, you know what, it's not good to be a socialist. It's bad to be a communist. And it's great to be an American that embraces our capitalist system. There aren't too many others that are doing it and, and doing it effectively. So uh, I commend you on that. Tell people how they can find you and what you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. All of our videos are at fightsocialism.org. And so that, of course, you can go and donate, which we would love. It's tax deductible, and we would really appreciate that. But it's more of a resource for young people. And so we have a blog of over 30 writers that are all young. They're high school, uh, college students and young professionals that are up until like 30 years old. And they're all writing about different current events and topics. And we are inspired in everything that we do by a Michigan State University study that showed the most effective way to reach a young person with a difficult to understand concept or an opposing viewpoint that you really have to understand and not just memorize for a test, the best way to do it is via peer, not parent or professor. And so it's called peer rationale, and we have taken that concept into all of our work. And I, I encourage Americans of all ages to go to the website so that they can educate themselves and become uh, better communicators about the issues of socialism, anti-socialist talking points, pro-freedom talking points. Uh, but what's most important to me is that we aren't abrasive in our approach. We are truly trying to equip young people with the talking points and the information they need to enter conversations with radical leftists who are calling them racist, homophobic, sexist, all the slurs. I mean, I get called a Satanist and a Luciferian sometimes yeah. just for being wow. against socialism. You get all the isms. So I, I Young people, if you think about it in, in high school and on college campuses, it's a hostile environment, and they are scared. They are losing the courage to question. They no longer have the courage to at least even say, hey, maybe socialism actually isn't a good idea because they will be attacked by their peers. And so I'm trying to give them the information that they need to enter those conversations and actually come out on top. So we're here with Morgan Zegger. She's the founder of Young Americans Against Socialism, Y-A-A-S. And where are you guys at on Twitter? Uh, we are Yas America, Y-A-A-S underscore America, but... If you go to fightsocialism.org, it's linked to all of our social media accounts. And now we are in Texas. I moved from upstate New York to Texas, and we have a whole studio there. And so we are going to crank out that content and make sure people are aware of the issues. What's the difference like from going to New York to landing in Texas? For me, it was a long time coming. 
I grew up under the Cuomo administration. So I, I have my own podcast, and on the first episode, I was trying to explain where I was coming from. And I'm like, listen, I see what's happening with Andrew Cuomo. Everybody's acting like it's the new thing to hate him. Well, I've hated him since 2014. <laughs> and it, it truly is. We are an apolitical area in upstate New York, but we have a resentment for the radical liberals and leftists in Albany because they they are under this Cuomo administration that is rooted in corruption and pay to play. So that's the administration I grew up under and I came of age in. And I understood that government does not serve the people. It serves themselves. The politicians get rich off of the people. And that's the environment of politics that I grew up in. And so I had always looked for a way out, but at the same time I wanted to fight. And so I did try and I tried. But at the end of the day, I have to make the best decision for my future family, for my future children, for myself. And that is in Texas. I have had to make that decision and look at in, t- in New York, my five to ten year plan, maybe in ten years, I was hoping to buy a house in New York. I'm, I'm big on making that investment. In Texas, I'm already looking at property. Look at you. <laughs> so it's, it's a nice change. That's great to hear. So Morgan Zeggers, um, I guess let's wrap up with a, with a final word and admonition. Um, first, I want you to tell us what you're talking about at CPAC, the, 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 what you're involved in. Obviously, you're here to not, not just for all the fun and games and the networking and to talk to me, but you know, there's, there's other things that you're you're here for and people want to hear from you Uh, and give us your your final thought on you know what we can expect moving forward from you and your organization thank you I am speaking tomorrow on the main stage on Saturday and one of my favorite topics is to discuss how the left is using alternative methods of communication to reach young people with radical talking points and for me I was really inspired when I saw something on Teen Vogue that was just so radical and I read Teen Vogue when I was coming of age and it was all about fashion tips and really innocent content. But now it's things like, here's why the Communist Manifesto is so relevant. Here's why Antifa is fighting against the racists in America. Here's what you need to know about Karl Marx and why he's still relevant in society. Here's why you don't need to get married. And here's why you shouldn't have children at an early age, even though it's it's starting to go anti-science with their talking points there. Um, It really intrigued me. So I looked into it and I found out that Teen Vogue's news and politics editor is uh, actually an anarcho-communist and she is pushing the messaging out. She had uh, a speech opportunity at the Socialist Party convention where she said, go listen to our content. We are infiltrating the system with our information in favor of communism. And so I've been very invested into this. They are pushing this anti-family, anti-children, anti-relationship and anti-religion message for quite some time. And what it's doing is removing sources of happiness from young people's lives and American lives of all ages. And when they are unfulfilled, and when they are soulless, and when they lack that morality, they are going to feel a sense of connectivity with a political movement, with the Marxist and collectivist ideology. And so our soulless nation is being easily, easily manipulated by the left right now. You know, Morgan Zegers, you just said something, and, and I was trying to, um, you know, kind of wind this down, but you just opened up Pandora's box. Because you just, no, it's fine. It's really, this is what we're here for. You just said that they were trying to push in Teen Vogue this idea that you shouldn't get married, you shouldn't have kids. When, when you get a little bit older in life, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 42. So I've seen a few things. You realize that if you don't get married and have kids, you limit the amount of legacy and impact that you have on this world. And purpose. And when you do it on purpose, you're now creating a generation. I hate to use the word sheep, but you create these sheep that are literally on on track for the slaughter. And they're not even sheep. They're like lambs. They don't even get to become sheep because they want to get you young and keep you dumb and bring you straight to the slaughterhouse. And I, maybe if that's graphic, forgive me. But I really think this is so important. 
that we reach young people with just common sense. Not my truth. Uh, that's my goal is my truth. But the actual, just all of the truth. People need to know both sides of any story. If a Marxist wants to come here and tell me how great it is to follow Karl Marx's ideology, I invite him to come here and, and we'll go at it. I'll bring you in too, tag team. Because the reality to me is they, they don't have a leg to stand on because they need to destroy the family. They need to destroy God and any God uh, godliness that exists in our culture, in any of our institutions. They can't survive unless it's this secular, humanistic um, enterprise that they've created that's funded by tax dollars because there's no other place for them to get money to create an oligarchy to succeed. And to me, you know, people hear me say that and they're like, oh, you know what, you're rambling, you're going on, but no. If we don't do it and we don't call it out, that's what ends up happening. So kudos to you and keep doing the work that you're doing. Uh, one more time, plug for the website. Fightsocialism.org. All the educational content right there. That's Morgan Zeggers at Morgan Zeggers. One G, not two. I'm Rich Valdez with an S. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. Big shout out to Matt and Mercedes Schlapp, the rest of the ACU team. Speaking of the ACU team, I have Lydia Chang. She's right across from me. She will not come on the air because she's so busy being the power in the power couple right here. Gordon Chang, the man of the hour, he's sitting with me right here. I'm making light of this, of course. They're dear friends. I love them. And they do a terrific job organizing this event and fighting for liberty, freedom, conservatism, and shining the light on what China is doing. It's their expertise, and uh, we appreciate it. Gordon Chang. Welcome back to the program. You're doing two panels here at CPAC this weekend. I want you to tell us about the first. First one is this afternoon, and it's about uh, China's neighbors, how they're viewing China. Uh, tomorrow, we're doing China and North Korea. And on Sunday, um, we're looking at U.S. big business and how it's caving into China. And another one is on China um, South Korea, Hong Kong. Hmm. Well, tell us about the first one. Kind of give us the gist without letting the cat out of the bag. Well, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the U.S. is looks at China, and China looks fearsome to the U.S., but at least we've got a great big ocean that separates us. That's not true for countries in the region. And we're going to look at how they're dealing with China. And one of the ways they're dealing with it is they are now starting to band together. Japan, India, Australia, and the United States form what's known as the Quad. And the Quad is, although it's not a formal military alliance, it actually works much closer than, for instance, the countries in NATO. So it's operationalizing itself. And uh, it's really there because of uh, China. Countries in the region are really, really scared of China these days. You know, Gordon Chang, I, I look at that and I think to myself, uh, our mutual colleague, John Batchelor, he's a mentor to me, a friend, a dear man. Uh, John Batchelor, uh, once, last year, not once, it wasn't like it was a million years ago, last year, the year before, he went to Japan and he was telling me about how, I said, Batchelor, how did it go? And he says, they love us. They absolutely love us. <laughs> and I said, what do they love? Everything. <laughs> Trump, they love Trump. And I asked him more, and he was saying that you know they love the economy, they love the, our way of life, that there's no more uh, bad blood, blah blah blah. It was great, and, and I, so I look at what you're saying, and I'm thinking if if China loves American capitalism, American freedom, America as a whole, as a partner, as a an ally, then they, they definitely can't really love China. 
because, no. like you said, China is waging unrestricted war against the whole world. And especially against Japan. And, you know, Rich, the idea for the Quad came from Taro Aso, who then was Japan's foreign minister. 2006, he gave a speech called The Ark of Freedom and Prosperity, and he wanted countries to work together for freedom and prosperity. The idea then went nowhere because everyone was so optimistic about China's direction. But the Quad has actually become a real group because China has not moved in the direction that people in the region thought. And so, therefore, they are working with each other to protect themselves. You know, I, I look at that and I think, man, you're right. This analogy that you painted, the, we have such a barrier between us and the Chinese. And so give us, I guess, a better sense, you would know, what it really is like for, for those that are surrounding China, their, their neighbor states. What are some of the things that they're doing to combat this type of aggression? Well, for instance, they're building up their militaries, and they've, they've got to do that. They don't want to do it, um, but they really have no choice. So they're buying weapons like crazy. Um, we're also seeing um, countries in the region start trading with each other more. Um, China is trying to combat that, of course, because they want trade flows that go through China. Um, but we're, we're seeing countries with you know much more robust uh, views that say that they like to trade with themselves. And we're seeing these new sort of, if not alliances, at least groupings. Um, because in addition to the Quad, we have India working very closely with Vietnam. Um, Vietnam and Japan working closely. Um, United States working all with those countries. So it is a multidimensional approach to, toward China. It sounds like President Reagan's peace through strength. Right? Yes, <laughs> like, of course. Hey, you keep it right there because I got mine's right here. And, and I, I love that because I think that this is truly how you can remain free, lamentably. You know, the walk quietly holding a big stick. Keep well, them away. We, we have to because right now we know that China's pressuring Taiwan. On January 23, uh, the Chinese planes flew into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, which is considered to be a hot, provocative act. But also on that day, China's planes, which threatened Taiwan, they also threatened the U.S. because China's H-6K nuclear-capable bombers simulated an attack on the Theodore Roosevelt carrier strike group, which wow. was in the vicinity at the time. Now, that's deep. Tell us more about that, because I don't think a lot of people are up to speed. It's a blip in uh, on the radar. It's a flash in the pan. The media ignores it in, in large part. Um, why? I can't really explain, because I, I don't know that the fake news media is totally in bed with China, but I do know that they have their tentacles in everything. Well, this is the one thing that Biden has done well, and that is he's started to use and deploy American military assets to make it clear to China that uh, we will defend Taiwan. Um, so he sent, uh, for instance, a number of Navy ships through um, the Taiwan Strait, um, which is a warning to China. Also, these freedom of navigation operations. And in addition, after China threatened the Theodore Roosevelt, he then sent the Nimitz to um, work with um, together. So two aircraft carriers in the South China Sea, that's a message that Beijing can understand. What will happen if Beijing invades Taiwan? We don't know whether, um, you know, what Biden will do, but at least the early signs are good. That's about the only positive thing I have to say, though, about what Biden has done in this first month in office, because the rest of it, as we discussed earlier, really is not only disappointing, but as I mentioned, indefensible.
Yeah, and I think you're spot on. And of course, we're on with Asia expert Gordon Chang. He's a fellow at the Gatestone Institute, all around good guy. I mean, he literally wrote the book on China. He also wrote another one on Korea, uh, on South Korea. And if you want to find out more about Gordon, it's Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. Make sure you check him out. His website's terrific, Gordon G. Chang. Now, Gordon Chang, we you mentioned that you're doing another panel discussion. Um, I, I want to get a better sense of that one, because we're talking about right now defending Taiwan. Uh, Hong Kong is is important, and I think symbolically Hong Kong is important for liberty across the globe to say, you know, they, they have this pseudo deal, right, with, you know, the Chinese want to be in there and be totalitarian autocrats, but they have to toe the line and, and tiptoe around it. And I think that's a good thing, that they don't just go all in and we don't have another Tiananmen Square type of crazy scenario. So bring us up to speed on on what that talk is going to focus on and some of your highlights from that. Well, um, you know, on Taiwan, which we'll talk about today as well, um, China has um, broken the promise that it made in the 1984 Sino-British Joint Declaration, which was to give Hong Kong 50 years of autonomy. That was the deal when Britain, as they say, handed back Hong Kong to China. Um, but they did say that Beijing promised for those five decades that they would keep their hands off. Well, they haven't. They violated that from the get-go, but it's especially evident last year when China passed the national security law, which is essentially the end of law in Hong Kong. And as you say, they're moving to full control of the city. And that has enormous implications because people are starting to leave. Businesses are starting to leave. Hong Kong is starting to erode, like other cities that the Chinese communists took over, including Shanghai, of course. Yeah, this it, I've never been, but it breaks my heart to hear these things because I look at some of our friends here that we at CPAC. You run across people, our friends at NTD News and whatever Epic Times, and I know back when they were having these flare-ups, uh, they said how their facility where they printed their newspapers was uh, was attacked, and and that's just one example that I come across professionally. But I look at that and I think, where where's the turning point? How do we? begin to fix that. They're imprisoning some of the opposition leaders. They're doing what they do. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Lai, who is the publisher of Apple Daily, which is the main pro-democracy newspaper, is undoubtedly going to spend the rest of his life in jail unless wow. the U.S. pressures Beijing to free him. You know, what the United States is going to have to do is look at China not as a legitimate state, but as the greatest threat to the United States, to the international system, to humanity. And we need to start imposing great costs on China for its monstrous acts, including deliberately spreading the coronavirus to the United States. We don't know how this disease started, but we do know that for at least five weeks and maybe even as long as five months, China was lying about the contagiousness of the disease. They knew it was highly transmissible human to human. They told the world it was not. Then they pressured countries to accept arrivals from China while they were locking down their own country. You put all that together, and the only explanation is that they wanted this to happen, and now there are 2.4 million people who have died outside China from this disease. So Gordon G. Chang, at Gordon G. Chang at Twitter.com. This is what people want to know. People are always sitting here thinking, did China intentionally kill these 2.4 million people? Was it happenstance? Uh, 
Can we chalk it up to it escaped from the virology lab? Well, you know, the origin of it, we still don't know. I think that probably it was a lab escape. That's the uh, judgment of the U.S. intelligence community. Mm -hmm. Secretary Pompeo and uh, Matt Pottinger, who is Deputy National Security Advisor, have talked about this. But at this point, we don't know to a moral certainty. But we do know to a moral certainty that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, took steps to in, that inevitably led to the spread of the disease beyond China. They could have kept it inside their country. They didn't do it. That is should lead us to understand. We can't cooperate with these guys on health matters. We can't cooperate with themselves on others because we have a half million American dead. That's a shame. Now, I want to make sure everybody stays in touch with you, and I want to thank you for being with us. At Gordon G. Chang, you see him on Fox. You see him uh, all over the place. You know him on WABC as Gordon Chang from the Daily Beast. Of course, he's always on John Bachelor. And I want to thank you, Gordon Chang, for being here with us today. Oh, I want to thank you so much, Rich. This was a blast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Very few opportunities to connect with this crowd exist, and to see it happening in such a robust way, here in sunny Orlando, Florida at the Hyatt Regency, where, I mean, it's really, it's packed. People are saying, oh, it's a super spreader. Mostly everybody's wearing a mask. They check your temperature as you come in and out of here. And, you know, I think, good, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. You put on a mask, you use a little bit of a hand sanitizer. That's my little spray sanitizer right there. I use a little bit right there. Listen, I'm not I'm not afraid to, to, to shake a hand or fist bump somebody and do an interview because this is what we have to do. This is what we're doing. We're bringing you the truth. We're bringing you everything we got. This is why I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for absolutely anything. And that's from Hamilton. And, of course, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph, well, that's if good people like you don't do anything. This is why it's important to stand up, to become active, to become an activist, because it's clear. We heard it earlier. China is waging unrestricted warfare against the United States and not in the traditional sense. They're doing it illicitly. They're doing it in every institution we have. They're doing it in the media. They're doing it, you name it, they're doing it. So keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Hasta mañana. Hasta la próxima. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.